You found it. No nonsense. No scripts. Real people on real issues. Hard hitting and action packed with logic, reason, and common sense. Everything you need and everything you've been looking for in a podcast. This is Dynamic Independence with Johnny Anderson, Bruce Adams, Marty Foster, and GP. Welcome to it. Can you believe it is Friday already? Yes and no. Um, yes, in the sense that time has flown by. No, in the sense of uh, it's it doesn't it doesn't feel like it at the same time. Time flies when you're having fun, and we're making the apocalypse fun, aren't we? Yeah, hope so. Hope so. Where shall we begin today? I, I really do, I, I don't want to sit here. I know that I always say this. I, I always say this. I always say, let's do a short one. But I actually told Bruce when he came in today, I said, can we please, for the love of God, can we please shorten it up a bit today? Because I really need a break. I, I need to call Marty at the first of the week. So Marty, I know you're listening. I will be calling you shortly. And we're going to set up a room 101. I literally need a night of laughter. And we're going to have some very special guests on for the next room 101. Uh, but we're going to set that up uh, in the coming days. So uh, be looking forward to that one, uh, especially all of you new listeners. We don't like to just talk about politics here. And, the, and we, when we do these game show themed type podcasts every now and again, it's all of us. So we're, you get the same familiar faces. We bring on some special guests and we talk about things that are not politically related because you're in this stuff every day listening to us. We're in this stuff every day, obviously presenting it to you. Sometimes you just need a break. You still need to be able to laugh and have a sense of humor. We're all serious all the time on this thing. You can't be like that. I, I've always heard people, I've, especially veterans, I've always heard veterans say the one that's in the foxhole that has no sense of humor on the battlefield, that's the first one to get shot. First to get shot or first to crack. Yeah, that too. And you know something? We're not going to be like that because we have to laugh. You still have to have a sense of humor, like Biden eating an ice cream cone. You've got to be able to laugh at stuff like that because of how ridiculous it is, right? Agreed. Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, even the Taliban, let's let's go there on it. Even the Taliban, they did photo ops standing out in front of an ice cream store yeah. the night they took Kabul and they sent it to the White yeah. House on Twitter. Even they have a it, sense it, of humor when it comes to that. That was that was very um, that was very trolly. Just on the surface, if you didn't know the political uh how things were politically it's just a bunch of dudes in military garb taking a photo op you know and and have enjoying some ice cream cones but it, it was a fun troll yeah kind of like what our marines time. did at the uh, at the airport on the side of a uh, on the side of a, a utility trailer before they left i mean they just spray painted yeah. some loving messages as they were leaving that's all they did yeah i i yeah that was very um very marine, very army, very I mean the grunts. Like that that's that's exactly the humor that I, I, I know of from that. Unfortunately yeah. unfortunately we can't tell you what it was. The photo is circulating in certain places of the internet, so you'll have to go and find it for yourself, unfortunately. Okay, uh nearly uh, I tell you what, since we started with uh since we started with Afghanistan now, let's just go there with it. The Taliban has announced and when they give these announcements, I know that they just shock you with some of the things that they have to say. For example, they said last week that they're concerned about being inclusive on the world stage and they want to address things like climate change. They told that to Newsweek. I mean, that's a shocker, to be honest with you. 
that's a real shocker because when I think of Afghanistan, the first thing I think of is a highly industrialized, techn- technologically advanced nation, don't you? Yeah, exactly. And uh, they're very conscious and aware of climate change. And, you know, they're, they're yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. How about you? How about you tend to that open sewer that you have running out there in front of the airport that you had your poor people stuck in trying to get across the gate at the airport? How about you tend to that first? The Taliban announced that China will be their main partner. Doesn't that shock you? Does that shock you at all? Be their main partner with with, with their Belt and Road uh, initiative? Yeah. By chance? Uh-huh. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Be their uh, main partner. Uh, also today, Nikki Haley from the United Nations, she said that uh, we need to be very concerned that, well, it's entirely possible that the People's Liberation Army will occupy Bagram Air Base. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? You mean since the administration abandoned everything there, we might just be handing it over to China? Really? Huh. Just a coincidence, I suppose. According to Taliban, to a Taliban spokesman who is um, Zabi Hula. Mujahid, I'm genuinely trying to get that name right. He's the one that's always up there that you see. I think he's also the one that runs the Twitter account for them. He's always the one that's the same guy out there every day. Uh, He says that China will now be the group's main partner and will help rebuild Afghanistan. And I'm quoting here. He says, China will be our main partner and represents a great opportunity for us because it is ready to invest in our country and support reconstruction efforts. I'm genuinely curious. Do they not realize what China's doing? Are they not paying attention on the world stage? Or I don't do they think, think so. they can exploit China and get what they want and then kick them out? I, I'm, I'm, I'm not, not really sure. sure what they're thinking is. I, I'm not sure. But at the same time, do they not realize that they're going to be exploited on the other end, too? So, like, you're going to... This, this is what China does. You're going to go into a country, right? If you're China, you're going into a country and your only interest is the extraction of raw materials. That's your only concern. Okay, so if you're China, you're going into a country, you're not interested in what the welfare of the people are, you could care less. You're interested in the raw materials, you want that. But what you're going to do is you're going to make an agreement with the national government, whoever that is, in this case, it's the Taliban. So you're going to be making an agreement with them. And you're going to say, we're interested in helping you rebuild your country. We're interested in helping you improve the quality of life for your people, which will allow you to remain in power and garner more favors. And, and we'll give you the support. We'll give you advisors in, in order to gain the, the good faith of your population. We'll tell you how to do this. At the same time, you have to also give them something in return. You have to give them access to the rights to extract those raw materials from your country. Now, if you do that, well, then you're going to get nice roads. You're going to get, oh, I don't know, a rebuilt airport or two or three. You're going to get clean water systems, sanitation, things like that. It's a smart strategy if you think about it. It really is. It's a smart strategy. China knows exactly what they're doing. My question is, why in the hell are they doing it and why the hell haven't we? been doing it. That's my question. And I'm not talking about just America. I'm talking about the West in general. Why in the hell haven't we been doing that? Instead, we've been going in there trying to nation build for the last 20 years, and it's put us in the poorhouse. We could have still been over there nation building and, and doing exactly as you were saying, and, and follow, you attract more flies with sugar than vinegar. The West in general, we've been going in with vinegar and, and spraying it everywhere. We should have been going in and uh, took care of business and then been like, We'll help you guys develop and get to a place, to a position that you can sustain yourself. 
and, you know, shown the people what it was like to live in, uh, you know, more civilized uh, environments and got them addicted to the idea of having running water. You know, you, you need to go use the toilet. You've got not only toilet paper, but running water. You know, I mean, just minor things like that that we take for granted. Once you get them addicted to that, if you will, uh, they'll desire having uh, uh, that normally. So the, the, it civilizes them, in other words. You know, I also heard that this this entire Belt and Road Initiative thing has been something that is been in the works since the 50s for the Chinese. And it has. It has. That was the, that was the deal that the United Nations made. So you've got roadways and you've got pipelines and, and things like that that are already in place. They just need to continue on with that uh, with that Belt and Road. But a lot of these places, there's there's a roadway right now in Afghanistan that the Chinese use for transport as part of their Belt and Road Initiative already. It was built by the Chinese. And the thing about it is, is that only Chinese vehicles are allowed to be on those roads. Take Africa, for example. China's very interested in Africa. As a matter of fact, they're, they're actually colonizing Africa. They're in the process of doing so now. And they're doing it through this process here. They're doing it through going in and buying off the local governments or the national governments in whatever case and saying, OK, well, we're interested in whatever you have over here. But uh, while, while we're doing that, we're going to build you roads and bridges and, and everything else. We'll supply all the labor. Uh, we also need to build a military installation to fly supplies in and out of. This is why they say they're going to take over Bagram. Or this is why the UN saying that they're probably going to take over Bagram. Uh, and this is also why... Uh, this Taliban spokesman said the airport should be clean within the next three days and will be rebuilt in a short time. I hope it will be operational again in September, meaning they're going to have to fly supplies in uh, and, and infrastructure in. That's what they're going to do. But what they're actually finding in places like Africa is that a lot of the local citizens actually don't like the fact that the Chinese are in there. It's not so much the national governments. They're just bought off and they go along with whatever because they get money and, uh, and they get huge stocks of uh, whatever, you know, cash, food, uh, whatever. And, and they can produce these things based on the fact that China is giving them the aid. And they, they can put the name of whoever the leader is that they've bought off. They can stick his name on it and say, oh, look, look what he did. Look what he did. He got you clean water. He got you better housing. He got you better schools. He built you schools. He built you He built you bridges. He built you roads. When it was actually the Chinese that did it, using slave labor, their own slave labor. But the locals don't like it because when the Chinese actually go in, they build those military installations and the Chinese don't leave them. They don't go out and they don't spend money in the local economies. That actually makes a big difference. For example, when the Americans, when we came to Germany, we had a dual purpose. When we came here, same with the British, we have a dual purpose. We kept the Russians out. We kept them at bay because let's be honest, if we would have just cleared out the, the Nazis and then left, what do you think the Red Army would have done? They would have marched all the way over to the beaches of Normandy and it would have all been for nothing. So we stayed. And then, of course, the Cold War ensued. But we had a dual purpose when we were here. Not only did we keep the Russians at bay, we had our installations here, but we went out into the local economy and we spent money. On top of that, we employed the local population on our installations. We gave them job opportunities. They worked with us. We still do that today from the installations that are left. Anyway, we have Germans working on our installations. We have Americans who go out and spend money in the German economy. That's what we do. So it's a win-win for everybody here, right? Everybody, everybody benefits, right? You get a little bit of cultural 
enrichment on both sides, if you want to call it that. But see, when China goes to a country, they don't do any of that. They send their PLA soldiers down there and they hang out on the military installations and they don't leave and they don't talk to the locals if they do leave. They don't associate with them because they're not allowed to. The Chinese are there for one reason and one reason only. They're there to extract whatever raw materials you have. And after they extract all of that, they will leave. They're like the Borg from Star Trek, except the difference is you're actually going to get something out of the deal. But now the U.S., apparently we're we're setting, I heard this this morning, we're setting up some kind of uh, something somewhere with the British. We're, we're, we're establishing something. So our spec ops guys, uh, our Navy SEALs, our... Uh, excuse me, the British uh, SAS guys, they're setting up uh, some kind of base of operations somewhere. I'm not exactly sure. I, I heard people talking about it this morning on the main line, and I didn't even pay attention as to where it was or what they were going to do. But they're in the process now of jointly setting up an area in a lawless part of Afghanistan somewhere. I want to say it was somewhere near the Pakistani border. There's really really not much in the way of like law enforcement or border checks or anything up there at all. And so they're looking to establish some type of a base of operations there to get our people out, the ones that are left. Same thing with the British. The British left people on the ground too. We've got to help them get out. They're going to help us. We're going to help them. That's how partnerships work. By the way, I just want to point out that uh, the British would not still have people on the ground there unable to get them out if it wasn't for the Americans pulling out the way they did. And I'm sure that you still have Germans on the ground over there. In fact, I know you do. You still have diplomatic people over there on the ground. The French still have people on the ground. All the NATO countries, we still have people on the ground over there that are going to have to get out. You can't leave them there to die. You, you sick degenerates. You can't do that. You cannot do that. And we will not, we will not forgive you for putting us in this position. It's not going to happen. That is not going to happen. All you foreign ministers, all you defense secretaries and ministers and all the rest, you idiots, you incompetent, bought off, traitorous fools. All of you are going to be held to account for this. All of you. Now, I don't know exactly how long that's going to take or what form that will take, but you will be held accountable for condemning our people to die. You will have to pay that bill. I, I couldn't. If I were in any kind of a position where we were even potentially headed that direction, if I were in that position, I'd resign. I'd say, look, I, I don't want any part of this. Absolutely not. That's just to give you an idea of the mentality of the people we're dealing with. Granted, all of these are just front people. They're just doing what they're told. But could you, as a good-minded individual who actually gives a damn about people, I don't care what country you're from. I'm talking about human life. Could you sleep at night knowing that you were complicit in that? I couldn't. I couldn't. Yeah, I couldn't either. I'd rather walk before we even get near any kind of a situation like that. I, I wouldn't be any part of that. That just goes to show you the types of people that we're dealing with and the types of people that they are. And then they got to sit up there and give some disgusting speech and look at their watch five times. It's insulting. <laughs> All right. Um, let's let, let's get off that. Uh, let's get off that Afghanistan stuff. All right. So cracks in the system. We know that there are cracks in the system. You've got top FDA officials that have resigned now. They've pulled out because of the boosters. Reports are in today. Israel, right? Israel is going to be the first country to get the boosters, right? Isn't that what it was? Yeah. Triple jab. Yeah. Yeah. Triple the jab. The elderly first mm -hmm. and the uh, most vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And of course, now it's available for anybody that wants it. Yeah, sure. Why not? Mm -hmm. Why not? Because obviously the, you know, the uptick's probably not where they wanted it to be. Today, according to the um, Ministry of Health over there, Despite triple vaccinating 26% of their adult population already, the new reported daily COVID-19 case has a record count, which is a 40% higher 
increase than numbers past. As of yesterday, if you are double jabbed in Israel and you have a COVID passport, your passport is void. It will no longer function. You will need to get your top-up vaccine in order for your past to be reinstated, and then you can go back to whatever you think is important, because apparently it's not your health. <laughs> or is it freedom and liberty? What was it? When I hear a man screaming, I am free, I'm free, the only thing I hear are the chains rattling on him. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. But two people have quit in the FDA. Two senior FDA officials have resigned after the Biden administration and the CDC pushed out recommendations for a third booster shot. A third. Marion Gruber, the director of the FDA's Office of Vaccine Research and Review. Gee, that seems like a pretty important role. You might want to keep that person, right? I mean, if they're, if they're the director of the FDA's Office of Vaccine Research and Review, and they're resigning because of... Uh, there's this guy named Dr. Anthony Fauci that they're resigning because he rushed out the, the boosters. Something about that? I, I don't know. Some the name sounds nobody familiar. Or... The name sounds familiar. Yeah. I might have heard it a time or two. Uh, and Deputy Director Phil Krause, they will leave in one month. And the next well, one of them will leave in October and one of them will leave in November, uh, according to a letter that was uh, shared with CNBC by the FDA spokeswoman. Their announced plans to depart come as the Biden administration prepares to begin offering COVID vaccine booster shots to the general public the week of September 20th. Yeah, it's coming here in a couple of weeks. Now, some health experts saw the move as premature and political. <laughs> premature no. and political. <laughs> premature and political. Especially because the FDA hasn't finished reviewing data on boosters yet. Do you need to review it? Really? Do you, need, do you, do you even need to look at it? H how about you start with the fact that I don't, I don't care what the data says at this point. Right now, I don't care what the data says. The only thing you should be asking yourself at this point, if you're somebody that's in one of these positions, is... Why are we doing this? I don't, I don't care what your data says right now. I care about why this is needed in the first place. Is anybody questioning as well uh, on, on your line of thinking? Why the previous CEO to Pfizer? Is it one of the, you know, in the, the, the FDA? And why was it Pfizer, the first one that was approved? And why is Pfizer now saying, we're going to give you a twice a day pill alongside the vaccine. So you're going to have to not not only are you going to have to take all these boosters now, now you're going to have to take a pill twice a day along with it. For what? For, <laughs> seriously, for what? And they already they already started manufacturing it before they even have approval. Yeah, it's already in, it, it is already in production. They've already started production. They haven't even they haven't even sought approval yet and they're already making it. That should <laughs> Where are people on this? Like, wh where where's anybody's head? I just I, I just don't understand it. I, I don't understand it. the lunacy, like th this insanity, this madhouse, this. I, I feel like we're in a circus funhouse, like the House of Mirrors or something or House of Horrors, whatever it is. But that would be that would be generous at this point, I think. But there is there's a break amongst the. Well, how do I say how do I say this? It seems like there's trouble in paradise. So you got two people at the FDA quit, right? Two people at the FDA quit. Well, Europe has their own version of the CDC, not individual countries. I mean, they, they each have their own too, but Europe as a whole has their own uh, independent agency, kind of like our CDC. It's called the European Center for Disease Prevention and Control. Sounds pretty familiar, doesn't it? They have decided that they're going to now break with the U.S. and with the Biden administration. And they have publicly said today that... 
the COVID-19 boosters are not urgent. Would that have something to do with, oh, I don't know, a few million people in the streets wanting your heads on pikes? People out there with pitchforks and torches? Would that have anything to do with that? I I'm thinking that it might. Or maybe the, the, the head of their CDC is from, like, Merck or something, a different, a different uh, that I don't know. Company. That I don't know. It could be. Yeah, that I don't know. <laughs> that, that I'm not sure of. The European Center for Disease Prevention and Control, the ECDC. <laughs> the ECDC. See, it's not just the CDC, it's the ECDC. Real original, these names. They said that there's no urgent need to deploy COVID-19 vaccine boosters. Now, see, the FDA, though, have set a September 20th deadline for them to make a decision on it. But on September 2nd, which would be today, the ECDC stated that booster doses for individuals who are fully vaccinated are not needed for the time being, meaning, oh, they'll just wait a few weeks and then you'll get them. That's okay. But here's the quote. This is uh, according to the agency spokesman. Based on the current evidence, there is no urgent need for the administration of booster doses of vaccines to fully vaccinated individuals in the general population, adding that its report also notes that additional doses should already be considered for people with severely weakened immune systems as part of their primary vaccination. See, they're telling you that they're coming, but they're not actually saying that they're coming because yeah. well, we have to get to the immunocompromised people first, right? Yeah. It's too late, though. It doesn't matter what these people say in some press release or, or whatever. It doesn't matter. We've already had a look at the EU COVID passport in and of itself. We've already had a look at it. There are slots in there for eight doses with more to be added, I'm sure. The agency said that the priority now is to vaccinate all those eligible individuals who have not yet completed their recommended vaccination course. Uh, what Are we in school now? We have to complete a recommended vaccination course, according to who? Dr. Gates? <laughs> <laughs> right. A recommended vaccination course. Drop dead, you son of a bitch. That's what I have to say. That's, that's what I have to say. And I'm not just saying that. You've got thousands, literal tens of thousands of people in the streets in Athens, Greece today from the healthcare industry who are not taking the so-called vaccine that doesn't even work, by the way. Look at Israel. Look at Israel. Most vaccinated country in the world. Their cases are off the charts. So why would you even go through the, uh, what they call it? <laughs> the, the recommended vaccination course? <laughs> you people are a joke. You're a joke. You are an anathema to science and medicine. You're disgusting. You're truly, truly disgusting is what you are. You have destroyed centuries, literal centuries of what we know about medicine and science, and you have turned it on its head, and you've turned it into scientism. You've turned it into a sick ideology. That's what you've done. I know people that are doctors. I know people that are nurses. I know people that are paramedics. They genuinely want to do good. They genuinely want to heal people. That's what they do it for. And people like this just destroy all of that. They just destroy all of it. And it's disgusting. It is disgusting. They do it all for the science. Versus science. Yeah, science, yeah, yeah, whatever. But yes, you've got all those people in Greece today that are part of the healthcare system down there. They're not going to take it. They're not going to take it. They're the ones in the system that are supposed to be administering this uh, recommended vaccination course. They're not going to do that to themselves. So what, you're going to expect them to do it to everyone else? It's the same thing in France. What's happening in France? The French healthcare workers, they're being put out of a job. Same as the one in Greece. 
they're being put out of a job. The ones that are in Athens today, the reason they're out there is because they have literally been either put out of a job or they're in the process of being put out of a job because they won't take it. You also have the rollout in Ontario, Canada of vaccine passports because you're no longer going to it's but it's to keep people safe. You're no longer going to be able to go to guess where theaters, gyms, restaurants, bars, public transport, any of this sound familiar? Scotland, by the end of the month, guess where you're not going to be able to go to? Theaters, gyms, bars, restaurants, sports venues, trains. Of course, I, I don't know if trains ever show up in, in Scotland, but nonetheless, I've had people in Scotland tell me that. You'd be lucky if you can get, actually get a train to even show up. But see, all of these are being put in simultaneously in different parts of the world, but none of them are explaining why they're doing it. They're just telling you it's for your own good. No country is being told what another country is doing. Go on to any mainstream media network, any one of them. I don't care which one it is. Wherever you are in the world, go on to any mainstream media network you have in your country and tell me about information that they are giving you from another country about what steps they're taking and why. You will not find it because each country has been hermetically sealed. Each one has been has been isolated from each other, and they're all implementing this plan in different places simultaneously, but they're not explaining why. New survey is out. Nearly 50% of young Europeans say that the governments are using COVID for control. <laughs> Wherever would they get such an idea like that? Bruce, can you think of why the governments might be using this for control? Uh, well, look, right off the bat, I would say because we're allowing it. That's I'm kind of glad straight to, younger. Kind of straight to the point, Sorry. though. Yeah. Well, that and I'm, I'm glad the youth are noticing, paying attention, realizing mm -hmm. it. Because, mm -hmm. you know, we, we've seen the youths uh, really... It's it's the millennials have been more authoritarian and more communistic Marxist, but the kids of the millennials have been more conservative. They've been more libertarian esque than their parents. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The September 1st report notes that one of the clearest consequences of the COVID-19 pandemic uh, so far is a surge in cynicism among young people about the government's intentions. This is according to the European Council on Foreign Relations poll. So they, they put this out. This is it's not like this is some uh, uh, Politico poll or some poll from like some right wing site or something. This is their own poll from their own institutions. That's not good. That's not good for their approval at all. That's not what they want to see. They want to see well, that. No, they, they, they literally want they want to see 97 to three. That's what they want to see. They want to see 97% acceptance. They would love to get 100, but they'll force the 3% out so they can get that 100. At the same time, though, it's wise to have a healthy level of cynicism towards your government. Is this another one of those governments bad in K? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's safe to say it's another one of those, yeah. The poll shows that younger people are less likely to believe that the main motivation of governments in introducing pandemic-related restrictions is to limit the spread of the virus. Known as freedom. Uh -huh. Yeah. How dare you? How dare you want freedom and liberty? What's wrong with you? 23% of respondents aged 30 and under felt that their government mainly wishes to create the appearance of control through the implementation of pandemic-related restrictions, while an additional 20% felt that the governments were using the pandemic as an excuse to increase their control of the public. Does that sound like 9-11 to you? Airport securities, TSA, get violated when you go to the airport. You basically don't have a Fourth Amendment. The Patriot Act, FISA courts, no privacy anymore. Does that sound like they were using that for control? 
Just asking a question. So according to the poll, the younger people are more skeptical about government motivations when introducing COVID-19 restrictions. So you have, and I'm going to give the percentages here, under 30, you had 57% that were trustful and you had 20% that were accusing and suspicious. You had 20% that were accusing the government of, of malintent and you had 23% that were suspicious that the government were trying to implement systems of control. So it's literally nearly 50-50. It's, it's right down those lines. Now, over 60, this is the generation that still believes what's on television. I, you know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And you can tell that's what it is, especially where I'm at, because you go around and you see the older people and I'm not I'm not knocking them because they're old. That's not what I'm saying, because you respect your elders. That's what you do. But in this case, they still think that we live in the era after the Second World War and the government has their best intentions in mind. They still think that. They still believe that what they are being told by the mainstream media is exactly what is happening because throughout their lives, that's all they've known. They don't realize that the world has changed and you've got people within your own government that are compromised that have the worst form of malintent towards you and your family. They don't understand that. So the over 60s, you have 71% of people, according to this survey, you have 71% of people that are trustful of what the government is doing. You have 14% that were accusing the government of malintent, and you have 14% that were suspicious of what the government is doing. To your point about the older generations believing that, they grew up watching like Walter Cronkite, for example, and believing the media was telling them the truth, or at least giving them the straight story, and then they were allowed to make their own decisions. That's not the case anymore. No, it's all changed. It's all changed. All right. That is all I had today. And I know I said we wanted to do a short one today. You got anything else? Nope. We were going to do a short one today. All right. So for those of you who not signed up to our Telegram page, get over to Telegram, get signed up to us. We put out all of our podcasts we do here every day. We also do an exclusive podcast once a week just for our Telegram subscribers, which Bruce and I will be on for a short time tomorrow. Also, if you'd like to reach out to us, you can do so anytime by dropping us an email at dynamicpodcast at protonmail.com. And we would ask you to pass this along to friends, family, and known associates. We are trying to grow, but we do need your help in order to do that. So if you could pass this along, we'd appreciate that. We're available everywhere you get your podcast. Also, if you're rating podcast, if you give us a rating when you get a chance, we would appreciate that as well. Five stars would be a plus. Thank you very much. All right, that will do it for today and this week. Thank you for being here today, Bruce. Thank you to all the listeners. Everyone have a great weekend. We'll see you on Monday.